With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This summer, when you're on the go, stay connected to what matters most with access to over 3 million Cox Wi-Fi hotspots. Learn more at Cox.com. Ask Ashley the podcast is sponsored by Cox. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. Oh, come on, son. You're anxious. You're anxious. I'm just, yeah, I'm just, I love, I just hate not knowing, like, of, I hate the unknown. But maybe, so, as I said, this is this is therapy for it. I think I think this is episode fifty-two, season ten of the Fighting Cop podcast. I think it is. If it isn't, forgive me. Um, nice. But uh, Kieran from Memory Lane podcast. I've been on that podcast a couple of times, where you go, you, you know, you talk about great moments in Spurs' most recent history, also to the eighties, where you talked about um, some of the stuff that was going on back in them days with your dad, and uh, yeah, so we brought you on. Because we thought it's it's a really good pod, Kieran. It's really like you're doing Thank good you. work. You, you you you're you're producing a a you know content content is such a fucking wanky word, but you're producing a podcast that is well worth listening to. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's the first time in ages that a Spurs podcast has come out, and I thought you know what I will listen to that the next time they put something out. So yeah, yeah, fair play. So to tell us a little bit. But actually, before we do that, sorry, Spooky's also on the line. How are you doing? Spooky? All right, I'm good, mate. Yeah, it's been a Very while good. since you've been on. Too long, but As it's it, good to be back. Yeah, you even are, with man. the technical problems before the pod. Let's not talk about it. Doesn't matter. No, let's not talk about the uh, technical problems. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Spook, have you um, actually? Before we start, did you uh, did you say that you and Kieran had a little bit of a set to on Twitter? 
Not not quite. Well, he sent me a text that made me feel really important. Um, and it turns out he, he sent the, the DM to the wrong person. So he kind of bodied me digitally. So I was uh, buried. What, what yeah, was I that? Had a, I had a stinker. <laughs> um, yeah, I had a stinker. I was, I was, I'm sure he'll enjoy this, but I was supposed to message Ricky. Oh, well, um, there you go. I was going through my DMs. <laughs> and me and Spooky have chatted a bit in the past. And, uh, yeah, I got my uh, fighting cock members missed up, missed, uh, which was which was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> but thanks for, thanks for bringing it up, Flav. No, no, I mean, I didn't know anything about it. Why would I? Um, but, you seem uh, forgiven. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. How did, well, so when you sent that message going, oh, well, Kieran, when you realised, oh, shit, Spooky's not Ricky. And it's not even like... Like they don't even look alike. They don't even sound alike. <laughs> how have you done that, Kieran? Yeah, I don't know. To be honest, I was thinking about ways how I could get out of it, and you can't obviously delete messages on Twitter. Um, I was going to go with just yeah, wrong person. Sorry, mate. And then I thought the best way to get out of it was just to be honest yeah. and uh, just give him a heartfelt apology, <laughs> and then change the subject very quickly. And we we went on chatting about something <laughs> else. Yeah, I was going to say, did you say <laughs> Spurs are shit, aren't they? Uh, that... Well, actually, Spooky and, I, Spooky and I have chatted a bit in the past. We were both quite into playing PlayStation. Um, when the new PS5 came out, we, we spoke about it uh, back then. Um, so he probably thought it was a bit weird that we last spoke in, like, August, maybe, 2020. So me just dropping a message saying, yeah, how you find in the PS5, uh, which is a shame, because if we might not have had this conversation, you might have just thought I was a nice guy and just checking in on him, but now he, <laughs> knows, are, I just felt, now he knows I just felt really guilty. Kieran, <laughs> uh, tell us about Memory Lane podcast. What, what are you up to there? Why did you start it? Yeah, so thanks for your uh, kind words, Flav. It, it, it's, it's something that I don't know if people might remember or not, but... About seven years or so ago, I used to host a separate Spurs podcast. Which I thought it was a big secret that that's Windy doing that the theme tune. And at the oh, time, sure. he was like, don't tell anyone. And I've kept it a secret for six years. No one knows apart from me, me and Windy. And um, even Windy, Windy didn't even admit that it was him. And I was chatting to you, Flav, and I, and I thought, I'd finally, it's time now to just break break the secret. And you straight away were like, of course it's Windy. Like, we're his best mate. We know it's his voice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. It's catchy, yeah. I wish it was the biggest. So we wanted to, I wanted to come back and do something like that again. I enjoyed it. We've obviously, with lockdown and whatnot, we've got a lot more spare time and I generally did really enjoy doing it. So I was trying to think about the avenues we could take coming back. And I didn't really, as you said, Flav, it's the first pod that you've listened to in a while that's sort of Spurs based, but that you've enjoyed listening to something a little different. There's so many podcasts and, and all of them do a decent job um, of sort of chatting about the last game, the next and, and whatnot. And I didn't want to just come back and just do that. It would have been easy to, and it, it's it would have been would have been fine. But I wanted to try and do something a little different. So I was trying to think about the things that I love talking about, and like most football fans, we enjoy talking about our good pastimes. Mm. It, it it probably helped when I was thinking what to do that we were playing a bit. We were shit in real life at the time, so thinking about the current times didn't exactly uh, sell it to me. So yeah, trying to think about some good pastimes. That's the that's the idea of it quite a broad topic um i enjoy talking to my you mentioned the episode of my dad i've always enjoyed talking to my dad about his stories growing up he's telling me stories about his dad watching football that's a part of a part of being a fan that i've always been fascinated by 
so really i just wanted to create a platform that allowed me to chat about that more than anything else and if if people listen to it then then great yeah no i mean it's it, like i said it's really really good and um and you're, you're yeah you're putting something out there that i'd want i'd want to listen to and i i've you know like we're doing a podcast patreon you know the 30 percent content that we produce it's a lot of spurs during the week and then you've got people around you want to talk about spurs you've got people message you constantly about spurs it's like i'm spurs out a little bit but when um you know the, your idea around that uh the memory lane podcast it just kind of it felt good talking about tottenham again it weren't just mm. about what goes on in the um in the premier league and whether or not harry kane is going to leave this summer which we'll come on to because we've got to talk about it of course we've got to talk about it but it's so it's almost like it's not it doesn't matter what happens in the future you look back at sort of glorious moments we had and you got i was on your podcast talking about ajax and then more importantly i think me and ricky were talking about the two prague games uh, the first one i attended to uh, attended and um ricky attended the second and when we were talking about that it just made me realize or, or cemented what it means to be not just spurs but just a fan going abroad or following your football club doesn't matter whether it's in prague or you're going out to birmingham or wherever it might be to watch spurs play football that there's so much around spurs that isn't like steeped in how well you do on the football pitch. Like, we could be 15th in the league. If we're having a Europa League campaign, there are going to be thousands of people creating stories and and um, just experiences that they wouldn't... It, it wouldn't matter if they were fourth in the league or, or, or first. Yeah. They're still going to have those, those instances. Spook, what, what, what do you make of that idea that you know, looking back is more important than looking forward. Like the, you know, holding on to those small moments of of glory if it happens on the football pitch, or experiences if it happens off the pitch. Like remember that that, that story you told about and you wrote about in the in the um, in the fighting got fanzine seven or eight years ago about you finding a micro dot in your pocket and going up to Manchester on your own and taking acid and and watching football. We were shit then, right? <laughs> And this is it. It's always about moments, isn't it? Like, like you, when you look back on anything in your life, you're not looking back and talking about what you're doing on your own. I mean, on that occasion, I wasn't my own, but I was in amongst top of supporters. But when you're looking back at cup semi-finals or away days, you're talking about the stuff that you did with your mates. You know, you're 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 like a tribe within a tribe. And with football, yeah, you talk about the actual football game, but so much of it means something because you've got people there that mean something to you. And that connection, you'll always have that connection with those people and you'll always have those memories associated to those people. That kind of anchors in that time stamp in your lifetime. And then the football is just the, the fun bit. That's the release bit. So it's always like now people, I was thinking about this the other day, if we end up winning something this season, I'm so exhausted by everything that's happened. Like, like on the pitch, off the pitch, the discussions, the 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 way that I'm constantly trying to philosophise and trying to balance the good and the bad, and trying to find the, uh, somewhere to land where I think, yeah, you know what, this season was worth it because at the end we won the league cup, for example, if we, if we won it. But then you look back on it. 
And what have you got to anchor yourself to it? And I know it doesn't quite work out with the pandemic. We all sat at home and whatever else. But when you think about how football works, you know, you want something that, that pulls you back into that moment. And the games that like Kieran covers are obviously iconic. I mean, I, I talk about the 1991 semi-final against Arsenal, that entire day, the build-up to that match, like it was yesterday. I, I can't remember what I did this morning. Like, I, I lose keys all the time, and I've literally had them in my hand like five minutes ago. Whereas I can remember, it's not just the football I remember, I remember faces of people in the queue, like, like at White Hart Lane, queuing up for tickets for the semi-final. I remember this guy with a massive jumper, Massive cockerel on the jump, and I remember the guys in front of me laughing at him. Like, did your mum knit that? It's fucking awful. Like, he got it from a Spurs shop. It's just stuff like that that, that <laughs> still resonates 20, 30 years after it happened. It's just, it's... Imagine, imagine saying that to another man who's just put the, jump, <laughs> who's just put the jumper on, just thinking, this is fine. <laughs> like, he definitely not... still remembers it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Did your mum knit that? <laughs> you fucking cunt. It's like it's not it's not um it's not on is it it's not on but yeah like like you 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 you're exactly right and I remember I remember in that nineteen ninety one semi final against Arsenal and um, experiencing that on my own no uh, no no sorry my bad I watched the ninety uh, one semi final where Gaswin scored the free free kick and uh, I was with my three brothers at that time. And um, the you know we got through that game and went to the final, and uh, I had to watch that on my own. And Gary, is it Gary Charles? No, Des Walker scored the um, the uh, own goal. Yeah. And I ran down the street on my own in Holloway on my own, just going yes, yeah. And and I, do you know what? I wouldn't as much as I'd love to. Have, I loved the fact that my dad might have picked me over my brothers to take me to Wembley. He didn't. That as much as you know, that is painful. I actually look back at that that moment as that was my formative years. That was that was my foundation as a Spurs fan. Like th- that was the glor- the most glorious moment we've had in yeah, nearly forty years. Forty years, is it? Uh, yeah, it was thirty years ago, wasn't it? I thirty think. years, yeah. right? So, so it, mm-hmm. I've been alive for nearly forty years. Yeah, you're right. So. 30 years, that is the most glorious moment of my life. And I look back at it and think, yeah, it was fantastic. But then you think about Prague and I have more memories and more stories to tell about Prague than I do have about winning the League Cup in 2008 under one day Ramos, which is only, you know, 24 months later. Got more stories, more more positive experiences about those moments in an inconsequential uh, qualifying tournament in the in UEFA Cup as it was, than I do have winning winning that winning that trophy and and maybe it's the whole the whole point of it, Flav is maybe I've started this as more of like a subconscious defensive mechanism about how we get we get prodded every day about the no trophies and I'm just trying look like you you both just spoke in the first ten minutes here about past memories you can see how passionate you are of them everyone loves talking about them it's effectively just trying to redefine the word glory i guess because so many now it's and this is the whole sort of twitter culture taking over football and i know that's not representative of your average fan but so much emphasis on nowadays 
and this really stems from Pochettino's reign and how different fans view him. There's so much emphasis on winning trophies and that if you don't win the ultimate, then everything along the way was just pointless. And you try to tell everybody who experienced that night in Amsterdam, the, even the final up until the game, you try to tell those people that it wasn't worth it. Football, how many teams win a trophy each year? All those teams that don't, what are you saying? That, that it's pointless at that point? It's, it's a pretty miserable outset if that's how you view football. So hopefully listen to some of the episodes on, on, on the pod. People will appreciate just what makes it as a fan just so special. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's glory felt by people that's, uh, that, that or, or fans that survive the Premier League on the last couple of days of the season. Like with the way the Aston Villa fans and, and the club and the players celebrated staying up when Sunis, as it soon as Novoi Keane had a go at them uh, for celebrating staying up in the Premier League, it, as a player, never had to experience anything like that. So he doesn't know what, what it means. Do you know what I mean? But um, Mika Richards were, was laughing at him for being so dour and sour about Aston Villa players celebrating staying up. But that's glory. In that moment, that's glory. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the, the same thing. What they're feeling in that moment is the same feeling when a team wins the FA Cup, when a team qualifies for the Champions League. The, the feeling that us as fans had when Pete Crouch headed that goal against Man City in 2010, um, that feeling was replicated in, Aston, in Birmingham with Aston Villa's fans and their players when they stayed up. So like, it's a little bit pious to say, no, it's only glorious. You can only you can only feel glory, or you can only feel superb or fantastic as a, a when you follow your football club if it's a positive thing rather or, or a progressive thing. Like finishing the top four, really, as we know, as Arsenal know, as we know, as many teams know, finishing the top four really often doesn't lead to anything at all. But being like staying up in the Premier League, as we've seen with Villa this season had a massive influence so yeah absolutely. there's glory everywhere there's glory everywhere and if you if you can't see that you're a dick um yeah success for me yeah success is defined in a million different ways for me Pochettino was successful because of the connection he brought back with the fans and people will disagree with that people will call him unsuccessful because he didn't ultimately win anything but for me how I how I viewed his success was that and we talked about it with Martin Yole in a slightly different sense but for what Poch done as, as fans and, and made us connected with the club again after a few years of pretty, well, it was torrid, wasn't it? Um, mm. So for me, yeah, it's, it's defined in so many different ways and, and that's what we're trying to get at with it. Yeah, so go and listen to the Memory Lane podcast. Kieran's doing a ma- magnificent job. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just decent, wholesome Tottenham content that doesn't rely on or, or depend on how well the team's playing. And that's what I love about it, Kieran. You're doing a good job, mate. Really good. Thank you, mate. Appreciate you. Uh, I, I do have a more important question to ask you. So, are you ready? Yeah. No, would. Yeah. Are, are you I'm ready. ready. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You I'm ready. ready. Okay. I'm not uh, sure I am, but yeah, go on. Uh, Mystic Polker, he says, What's the strangest way a man can compliment another man's penis? I think it's just a nod. Yes. It is. Just a silent nod. It sometimes can be, I guess it could be a little weird. I'm not, not many men have nodded to me standing next to me in your eye, or maybe that's maybe that's saying something. Um, but yeah, it's just a nod. I think it gets weirder if you absolutely if it comes out of your mouth the words complimenting someone else's penis. I guess that that becomes weird. But I think the the line is drawn with just a nod of approval. 
we've all well, I say we've all had it. Some may not have, but maybe it's... maybe I'm just a giver of the nod rather than a receiver. But for me, that's yeah, that's that's the perfect way. Spooky. Have you, ever, have you ever um have you ever looked at another man in the urinal and thought and said fair play? I think we lost Spooky. Uh, yeah, I, I think that sometimes you can look at a, a, look at an, a, another man. Actually, I, I, this is the thing is like what what people don't what every man who's listening to this will know the etiquette of when you're in your urinals is you don't look, you don't have your phone out. Like I don't I don't agree with people pissing and having their phone out because the phone might just go up and uh, have like a little snap of my piece. But I, I you know I I'd, I'd maybe I'd that's like their to, way of complimenting you. What taking a photo of your cock? <laughs> <laughs> There isn't a penis on earth that looks decent when urine is coming out of it. <laughs> what have I missed? Uh, you've missed... Oh, there Welcome was a back. <laughs> Spooky, there's a question here. What's the straight, straight... Oh, no, straightest way a man can compliment another man's penis? What's the straightest way? Um, I'd, I'd use that in, a, in an emergency. I'd, I'd use that in a, an emergency. That's <laughs> if my if I fell off, I'd be like, oh, that, that'd do as a replacement. Yeah, if I, if I uh, you know, needed to save a fair maiden, if, she, <laughs> if her name was Rapunzel uh, and she, her hair wasn't it's, long enough, I could swing my cock up there. And uh... It's quite funny, Flav. I've obviously listened to the podcast for a while and... And it's always been, it's always something everyone would love to be on Fighting Cock. Like I've, I've always wanted to be on it. And, and now being on it for the first time, making my debut, I don't think there's more of a perfect way to introduce myself and to be asked a question like that. <laughs> I mean, is, I'm not sure. Is that a compliment? I'm not sure. Is, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure. sure either. Thank you. Let's take it as a compliment. <laughs> uh, uh, Spook. Yes. Uh, we've got a question from George Kelly. I'm going to read out his, um, his Twitter user handle just so that um, you, know, you, you, you can see what I'm seeing. It's George K52415464. Why? He's, There's a lot of George Ks. I don't know. It feels like a bot. But he, he comes up with a, a good question. How aggressively bored are you of Harry Kane has to leave Tottenham chat after every time he plays well and scores or we lose? Spook, uh, where are you at? Mate, Harry Kane? I'm, I'm hemorrhaging. It's just, it's just quite, and I get why media outlets and journalists and pundits and Paddy Power uh, Twitter accounts, the, the lot, I know why they do it. They do it because it feeds into the Spurs supporters that are going to react and the rival supporters that are going to retweet and laugh about it. And it's just content. It's just a way of getting engagement and the way of talking about something. You've got 24-hour news, sports channels. They've got to have something to talk about. And even... When Kane was knocking them in during peak potch, the stories were about him. Can we keep hold of him? He's got to leave if he wants to win trophies. It's never about appreciating the player, what he does for the club. And there's, and there's so much contradiction in the coverage as well. It's like a Spurs too reliant on Harry Kane. And then the next minute, Spurs need to sell him. Uh, the next minute, well, because they can't sell him because Levy wants 120 million and no one can afford that in pandemic hit you know, the world that, that, that exists now. So Thank God for COVID. Fucking, yeah. It's just, it's boring, but it's also at the same time, I can't get angry about it because it's exactly what I expect from the media. They've got, that, that's their level of creativity. 
And the reality is that there's a good chance he's going to leave. It's 50-50, isn't it, with most things in football? So the, them covering the story, it doesn't bring anything new to the table. It's not something you want to pick up and read and go, oh, well, that's really insightful. I've, I've got a lot out of that. I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's bullshit fluff. Kieran, where are you at? Yeah, it's, it does frustrate me. I try and not let it. Um, it's it seems to be yeah it's it's on the lines of an obsession i think it's it's weird to the level that it's often ran down our throat um like like spooky said i think you it, we do, fans, fans and spurs fans react to it whether or not we're overly sensitive because he's ours i don't think so i think as i said it it's a weird obsession but if he was if he come out and committed his future he'd get his mentality questioned why is he not looking to move so i don't think he can ever win um but it's frustrating. I think I can handle it on Twitter and for newspapers. It's, it's their job to report rumours. And as, as Spooky said, it's they'll, they'll, they'll report on what gets the most interaction. And clearly Spurs fans react to this, and rightly so, most of the time. But it does, it, it does really wind me up when it's, on part, when it's part of, sort of in post-game analysis. The England one, the game yesterday, prime example. They've got a, a, a slot of... 45 minutes or so after the game to analyse the game they've just watched. And I know international football is, is dead boring and there's not an awful lot to discuss, but to spend your time after that, pretty much one of the first things they spoke was Harry Kane's club future is just, come on guys, like you've got more things to discuss than that. And I think if this was his, if his contract was up in the summer, you'd get it. But it's this whole new three year conundrum thing, which we've never heard from any other player. So yeah, it's, it doesn't annoy me. It doesn't anger me, but it certainly does annoy me. Luckily, luckily, um, you know, Roy Keane's opinions have an absolutely zero bearing on anything that's remotely pertinent in football. Like him commenting on Harry Kane's future has no bearing on what Harry Kane's going to do. And certainly more to the point has no bearing on what Daniel Levy will do. Now, Harry Kane, and if I'm going from perspective of Harry Kane wants to leave Tottenham, and I don't think that he does, and I'm just going to hold on to that because we don't know anything, do we? But if he'd said to Daniel Levy, you know what, I want to, I want to move on, I need a new challenge, um, then you'd say to him, that's you know, from from my perspective, that's fair enough. You you've given us, you know, was it nine, nearly ten years of. No, how, how long has he been? Like eight, seven or eight years. Um, yeah, he's couple... been in the first team for what, six years, six, seven years. And if he feel, fulfills his contract, it will be close to a sort of testimonial if those things were even, you know, relevant anymore. And you'd say, you know, fair enough, you know, you'd have to go. But right now, he signed the contract. He's got three more years left on that contract. He's worth 200 grand a week. And more if he, you know, given the fact the assists and the goals he's scoring, if we qualify for the Champions League, it probably is, it is worth more like 200, 250. You can't just, uh, you can't just go. You can't. That's the thing. That's, I try not to, I don't listen to too much about it because I just, for, um, again, maybe this is blind optimism, but I generally don't believe that we will lose him. Even if, as you say, he goes to Mr. Daniel Levy and says that, he wants to leave for a new challenge. I don't. I don't think he'll have a choice. I, I don't. For what it costs, with with everything that's going on in the world at the minute financially, 
I personally I don't think anyone's gonna gonna get him, whether or not that changes next season. But for now, this season, I just just can't see it. How much do you if... think he'd, he'd cost to buy, Kieran? Billions. <laughs> If, if you He's, what, a... what, what, uh, what you could put a, I don't know what what would you put on it like 200 million's being floated about we, there's not a, there's not any figure we could receive that would replace Harry Kane's ability and his worth to the team so what's going to happen what is, is it, right now with three years left on his contract is like a conservative um, estimate on his value might be 120 right and that's conservative then you've got to find somewhere out there because Barcelona ain't going to do it. Real Madrid are not going to do it. Man City, if they do that, they'll have to shift out three or four players. They, financial fair play is is going to restrict the big players from actually buying a player like Harry Kane. And, it, you know, in a way, if Harry Kane does want to leave, he's finding himself in a very difficult situation because what he has to do is wait towards the end of the contract and then you find it, you find his value or... He, in in the transfer market diminished not because he's not a, good, a great player but because the contract doesn't protect the club anymore so he's in a situation where he can he can negotiate himself then like so that that Real Madrid or, or Man United or Man City can come in with a year left and say 50 million pound you know that's your compensation for the last year of his contract but it's three years so Daniel Levy's never going to say no Harry Kane's never going to never going to say I don't want to be here. You've got to let me go. I can't imagine that ever happening. If that happens, then we're in, that, this is a completely different conversation. But every everything about how he's conducted himself, how he's been our you know a talisman, and, and 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 is involved in Spurs, and clearly has to be grateful of what the opportunity he's been he's been given and the multiple contracts he's been given. Every time he plays well, he gets a new contract. So he he you know he he I can't imagine a world where he says you've got to let me go. So if that doesn't happen, then we've got two years before we get £50 million for him. So I think he'll sign an extension, personally. I think maybe he'll try and... Ex- maybe his team will look for possible avenues in the summer. And as we said, that will probably end up being nothing. And then they'll look at it and say, look, Kane clearly loves the club. He's, I think his motivation will be smashing every single record there is at Tottenham Hotspur and the Premier League. As fans, maybe well, that's just us saying that, but I, I do, I do think it. And if we get, even if, as you said, Flav, if we get two years out of him and, and he leaves, then 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 great because he would have had nine amazing years serving us. Depends how you take take his comments as well. We we tend to look at it like a negative thing because he's not committing to Tottenham, is he? He's he's saying I'm going to see what happens. He's he's done that a couple of times at the beginning of the pandemic when he was interviewed by Jamie Redknapp, and he said the same thing then. You know, he, he said he looked to the future, but sometimes players do that as a means to an end to get the chairman to then come back in for like the ultimate contract. And then he's sorted. You know, he's got how many kids has he got now? Is it he's had the third one? Have I got that yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So he's you know, he's deep in cheek well, I think. Um does he want to uproot his family? Does he want to go abroad? Does he want to go up to Manchester? It might be that we just um burn. From every other player that we've, we've idolised, the thing is, with every other player that we've idolised, the likes of Berbatov and Luca and Michael—I yeah. was going to say Michael Carrick and uh, Robbie Keane, then, but maybe not. But you get what I'm saying. You you commit to these players, and they don't really commit to the club. Whereas Kane, like you, you both said, is a different type of footballer, and he's got a different type of connection. But I don't think he would 
ruin his legacy. And I also I think, think he probably looks back to sorry, speak. He no, probably no, looks no. back to when he signed that six year contract and that was great. And and at the time he was he was flying, so it made sense. But he probably looks back now and thinks I gave too much power away at that point. Because you look now, what is he? 28 or so, mm. 27, 28, and he's still got three years left. It, it, at this point, if he'd be like a year and a half left, then we would be shit. We'd be seriously thinking we're going to lose him in the summer. But the fact he did sign that big deal, he did, he, he, as, as he did, he gave too much power over to Levy. So he's just, I don't, it doesn't worry me these well, comments at all. He's not going to come pa- out. You say power over to yeah. Levy, he, he agreed to take a fucking gargantuan wage. Like he's, yeah. And not that he's not worth it. He's definitely worth it. Like, I, like I have no issue with the contract that he's been given. But it isn't always the, the reason why clubs and, and Daniel Levy and whoever it might be for whatever owner of whatever football club. The reason why they pay, they're willing to pay these incredible wages is so that they get leverage if that player wants to leave. So when Harry Kane signs that contract, and you know, he says, I'm, I'm willing to accept £200,000 a week to, to stay at Tottenham for the next four years. He's also putting himself in a situation where he, he says that I'm also giving you leverage if I want to leave. So you can't have all the money and all of the options. So, and we, like, again, we're talking about, and I, you know, I've gone that, that way, but we're talking about the idea of, of Harry Kane leaving. But this is the same with anybody, same with Deli Ali. You know, I'm sure Deli Ali's on good money, and he's in a situation now where he probably doesn't want to be at the football club. The manager doesn't want him clearly, um, and uh, Daniel Levy has signed him up to uh, a contract. But the, the the reason why the market is strong, the reason why the transfer market works in the way it does, is because because of the Bosman ruling. It means that clubs have to protect themselves because of the Bosman ruling. Meant that players are going to get paid much more than their market value because you want to protect your asset. And, you know, I think that sometimes there is like this kind of narrative about let the player leave. No, no. I mean, of course not. Why? Don't, don't like, don't say, don't play the player what he wants and then say, let the player leave. It's one or the other. Either you're going to play the player what he wants for his five-year deal and then you've got leverage if he wants to leave or you pay him less for a, a short amount of time if he's willing to accept that when he has to risk injury and whatnot, and 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 and, give, and 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 make it a sort of more free flowing market, but it's just football. Like like Harry, like Roy Keane saying saying that Harry Kane has to leave Tottenham to achieve things. It might be a hundred percent correct, but it's so out of touch of what how football works. It's almost stupid, and, that, and the whole thing about that that Sky Sport punditry. It's just nonsense. All, all, all the shit that comes out of their mouths is just, let's clip that up. Let's put it on social media. Let that get a, hundred, a, a million views or 100,000 views or whatever it might be. So it's really like we, we're talking about it. Of course, we're going to talk about it, but it's really all just fucking bollocks. We got a question from Nick. He says, I don't want to sound like a Liverpool fan, but why do the media and what appears to be the majority of pundits try to sell our players, uh, best players when on? Also, are Kane's comments just smart posturing to sharpen Levy's and the board's mind nice and early ahead of next season? Do we, uh, as Spurs fans, need to take a step back and just think we don't need to be as reactionary as we are, Kieran? Possibly, yeah. I touched on it earlier that whether we're ever overly sensitive. 
Um, it's difficult to take that step back when it's not only one of your players, but Harry Kane, who we sing the song, he's one of us playing 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 the game. Um, I don't think we are like other fans. He uses Liverpool as an example. Um, I think we're we're in our right to to take the way take the stance that that we do against this. I think it's it's rammed down our throat, as I said so often. Um, and it does seem like it is an agenda against Spurs. We've had it in the past. We're trying to move players on. Like who who are these guys? Who are they to to tell us that that Kane has to he has to go on to achieve success? We spoke earlier about how you define success. No one knows what's in Harry Kane's mind. Of course, he wants to go on and, and compete for some of the biggest trophies in club uh, and international. That's no denying that Kane absolutely would want to do that. But I also think w- what would motivate him just as much is breaking all individual records, and for him that would be success. So I think it's difficult to say that he solely would want to move to win trophies. Um, but yeah, on, on the comments, I think we've said whether or not he's doing it to sharpen Levy's mind, I'm not sure he is. Um, but I at the same see. time, he'd be fully aware that if he come out and said, yeah, I'm going to be at Tottenham for the rest of my life, he's he's smarter than that. His team wouldn't advise him to do that. So that's as fans as what we want to hear. But realistically, like the bow comments that come out last week, as much as we would love him to say, I love Tottenham, I'm going to be here forever. It's just not, it's not realistic. Okay, on 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 the, on the Gareth Bale comments, Spooky, what do you make of this? Obviously, going into next season, legally, my contract says I have to go back to Real Madrid, which is what I stated, which I don't think is being disrespectful to anybody. That's legally what I have to do. It's, it, why make the comment in the first place? I get, I get you saying, he was asked a question, he answered it, and there was a lot of that on Twitter as well, where people say, what are you getting excited about? He's just answered the question that, like now, now bells come out, and rather than just fluff it over, he's just saying, "Well, legally, I have to go back." It's the way he delivered it. Uh, there's a kind of disassociation, and that, and the kind of little sly dig at Mourinho, like like he, he said about getting away from club football to go to international football, and it was not too dissimilar to the way that he spoke about leaving Zidane at Madrid and coming over to Tottenham. So. It, again, it doesn't bother me because I know as much as I allowed the hype to wash over me when he came back and I bought into the little social media videos and all the Welsh Mafia stuff and it was like it was fun to watch and we've got an iconic player back at Tottenham. Deep down, I know that he is a footballer, a professional footballer. He's a bit of a mercenary like a lot of them are, not all of them. And it was a way out and it was a comfortable way out. He's coming back to a club he's played for. It didn't turn out to be very comfortable once he got here because it took him practically the entire season to find form and get into the team. He's obviously got problems with Mourinho. Mourinho's got problems with him. So, again, with these comments, the last thing that we want to hear, if you simplify it, is you don't want to hear a player detach himself from it when we've still got the business end of the season to go. He doesn't have to... I get what he's saying. I'm just factually telling... We get it, mate. You're, you're just saying the reality of it. You don't have to... You can, you can mask it up. You can say, well, I don't know, you know, I, I want to do my best for Tottenham and I want to do my best for, for Wales. And then no one has got anything to talk about at that point. I Whereas think... what he's done, he's he's kind of sort of said, his mind is going back to fucking playing golf in the sun, almost. Do you know what I'm saying? He's like, and, and I get why the fragile, I mean, to go back to what we've been talking about, the reason all this content exists, the reason we all get agitated and passionate and we've all got opinions... It's because we're playing this collective game. We're all logged into this singularity of bullshit and we all feed into it. And if you see a tweet 
and it and it's something about Bale Kane. If you do not react to it yourself, you're left out. So your ego is like, no, 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 come on, do some numbers here, and you and you and you, and you reply to it, and you respond to it, and and then you're part of the problem because you do it, your mate does it, it gets retweeted. If you if you were Gareth Bale, in, 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 fuck if you... Twitter. I'm <laughs> yeah, I mean, without doubt, a hundred percent. But if you if you were Gareth Bale, um, you know, and you have this affinity with Tottenham Hotspur, you do, mm-hmm. and he's he's done he's done wonderful things this season. Let alone what yeah, he did yeah. in the six or seven seasons we had with him before. But as a person, he has a thirteen million pound, or actually fifteen million pound, I read contract that Real Madrid have to fulfill so why if, if it was me like and, and I was playing for Spurs and I had a 15 million pound paycheck over there I would say nothing that would jeopardize that and I could if I don't jeopardize that then I can still end up playing for Spurs next year or wherever yeah. else I want to play so what, what I read saying I wanted to be fit I want to be playing football I didn't take that as a disrespect to Tottenham at all I just I took it as was Gareth Bale having being in a situation where he will not let Real Madrid have an inch, and so he shouldn't, because Real Madrid have been. Like, think about how Real Madrid have poached our players, like in terms of of etiquette and the way you behave, and and you know and what you do in order to achieve. Like Real Madrid do what they can. They bully. They bully because of the size of their football club and they force, they turn players' ears ahead, rather, and they get the player they want because they're Real Madrid. They use their leverage. What Gareth Bale's doing right now is saying, yeah, you owe me £15 million. So I'm like, my agent, is it Barnett? I think it's Barnett. Yeah, Jonathan Barnett. Yeah. Barnett is saying to him, look, just make sure that you're open. Or, or in terms of publicly saying, I'm ready to come back and become a fucking nightmare for you. Once I've been a nightmare for you for the last 18 months. You let me go for Tottenham, not your problem anymore. Tottenham are paying my wages. If you don't let me stay at Spurs or sign for somewhere else, I'm going to come back and sit on the bench and become a nightmare once again. For his, for, for Gareth Bale's perspective, he's played a blinder. He's not. He doesn't owe the press the quotables they want. And the bullshit you, you you find from Sky Sports and BBC and whoever saying Gareth Bale is, is, is um you know he's posturing he's not you know he's he's not involved in in um in the betterment of Tottenham whatever it might be it's bullshit. The fact is they owe him fifteen million pound. They agreed to pay him this contract. He fulfilled it. He said yes, I'll sign, and I will play out for the remainder of this contract for you. Unless you want to let me go, if you do, you have to pay me for the remainder of my contract. You agree to legally. He's not doing anything wrong. He's not doing. He's not done a thing wrong. And I, it just the people are fucking idiots. <laughs> That's what it is. They're idiots. Um, in terms of more business, Kieran, what, what did you make of the British Airways in discussions with Spurs? over the naming rights of the stadium for £250 million. Imagine that, selling Kane, 120 uh British Airways, 250 all into Joe Lewis's pocket. All in. It's, yeah, it's, I don't know, it always makes me uneasy thinking of our stadium being named anything other than White Hart Lane, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It, 
there's I think it, it when you see some of the rumors you've had over the last however many years you've been in the new stadium there'd certainly be a lot worse names than say the, the BA stadium or whatever it is um I can't see it. I think their their losses are what are something ridiculous this year. I can't see how they would then pump two hundred fifty million to a football club. But yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting one that come up. There's certainly a lot of um, White Hart Plain was one that was flagged about that. White, that would work. White, Hart, White um, Hart Plain, I can deal with that. To Aries to do would also work. So there's certainly <laughs> the steps are there for it to work. Um, as long as they buy into that. If not, then if they're just going to go with something bog standards, the BA Arena, BA Stadium, then I'm then I'm I'm, I'm I don't want it. But if they're willing to to buy into those puns, then I'm all for it. I think that they. I mean, I'm pretty sure that the the fans have no sway at all. But the reality is, is when this whoever ends up buying the sponsorship rights for the stadium, that Sky Sports, BT, BBC, Match of the Day, whatever it is, will say the. Amazon Arena or the BA Arena or whatever it might be. But the most important thing is for Spurs fans to call it White Hart Lane because it is still White Hart Lane. And I know I know the club did a lot to try and make it called, you know, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. But all of us, every time I talk about that stadium, even though it isn't the old, old the stadium of old, even though I talk about it, every time I, I reference that stadium, it's White Hart Lane and it will always be forever White Hart Lane. And, and, and other clubs have... Sorry, go on, Flair. No, go on, Kill. Go, go. Other, yeah, clubs of other clubs will try that. Like Everton, I've seen fans on, on Twitter of theirs, but they're getting this new stadium. They're, they're still going to be calling it Goodison and whatnot. And as much as they want to believe that is the case, for us, like how many other clubs have built a stadium like we have on the exact same plot as their old? For us, we call it White because we want to believe it is, but it, it genuinely is. is as well. So yeah. it's not just us trying to keep that attachment to it. It's it's still the Park Lane. It's still the Paxton. The the train station might not be called White Hart Lane anymore, but it is still. It was the same. We, we the the steps we took in there when it was White Hart Lane are exactly the same as it is now. Yeah. So yeah, as much as it it's sad for it not to be named that officially, but for us, it's going to be the stadium for the rest of our lives. So for us, it's always going to be White Hart Lane. Yeah, for sure. And and, and if you think I think people hold up what happened to Arsenal as like a benchmark of what happens with new stadiums. Um, and you know they they moved from Highbury to a place that was previously called Ashburton Grove, which uh, I don't know if people know this who, who listen to this podcast was a dump. It's it's natural like a, a uh, it was like a tip, a rubbish tip. Um, and I know this because I lived literally two hundred yards from where their stadium is right now, and I used to knock about the Harvest Estate, which had four uh, towers. And for a laugh as kids, we'd go up to the top of the towers and look out the window at smoke fags or whatever you used to do. And you used to look down and there was just shit everywhere. It was rubbish. It stunk. It, it literally was the worst place in North London. Like It stunk. It was like if you could be anywhere else on earth, you would choose it other than that mound of shit that was there. And Arsenal bought it and built their stadium on it, and which, you know, is perfect. So, what, what the the what, the reality of their stadium shouldn't be called the Emirates because some, you know, airline decided to sponsor it and pay Arsenal over so many years to sponsor their stadium, and their fans so gleefully say. Welcome to the Emirates. Come to the Emirates. Come to the Emirates. Come. Imagine, imagine us. Imagine, imagine us going. 
yeah, come to the British Airways Stadium next year. See what <laughs> happens to you. See if you don't get your face smashed in. Come to the British Airways Stadium. That's not Tottenham. That's not where, what we're about. It will never be that. It will always be White Hart Lane. Arsenal fans will gleefully say the Emirates because, as we know, they're nothing. Um, we talk, so, if we're talking in literal senses, our stadium literally is White Hart Lane. If you're talking the Emirates, they what is theirs literally? The shithole. And that's what we know it is. And that's probably why they have adopted honestly, their, their new name. We used to go up to the top of these um, these uh, council blocks and it, the stench from where the stadium now sits, it was unbelievable. We'd, we'd, we'd last five, ten minutes up there. Have a fag and run down because it would stink that much. All right, um, Kieran, thank you so much. Um, if, if, if people want to find your podcast, how do they find it? Uh, so we are Memory Lane Pod on Twitter. Um, yeah, drop us a follow. We're, we're trying to release every other week. If you've got any, other, any ideas for famous games and whatnot, then please get in touch. We'd love to chat about them. Talk to, uh, talk to Spooky about his trip to Man City away. Okay. Well, you probably want... No, no. I saw I'll him. His face froze it for a second. Yeah, exactly. I'll he's going to reinvite Ricky in. <laughs> Out of all the. Oh, hey, come yeah, on, I'll... mate. <laughs> don't, don't invite I'll me. You, I, I... Don't I'll invite you me. Me, me. I think I'm just raiding love the fighting cock. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then, boys. Um, uh, yeah, this has been fantastic, and uh, we're we're we'll be back on Friday Ooh. for a preview podcast, uh, looking towards the. Game against Newcastle. Yes, I remember. Yeah, we've got to play Newcastle. And imagine, like, we beat Newcastle. Arsenal don't beat Liverpool. They're a long way off. Long way off. Very chipper. Kieran, Spook, Cheers. take care, boys. You too, mate. Cheers, lads. Up the spurs. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Cock! A camel shutdown! Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 
Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.